Grown and Growing podcast episode number 48, The Case for Calling It Quits. You're listening to Grown and Growing with Sonia Hamlin. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast. From a very early age, it is drilled into our heads that quitting is for suckers. I mean, maybe they don't say it's for suckers, but they definitely say winners never quit and quitters never win. It's meant to be a form of motivation. It's meant to push you further than you thought you could ever go, right? It's meant to give you that push so that you can give it your all. And in some circumstances, that may be exactly what we need to hear in that moment. But the reality is that this mentality of never quitting has some of us stuck in some bad marriages, some bad friendships, a bad job, or it just has us plain old stuck. We're always taught to never give up, to persevere, to have grit, to be resilient, but we're never taught to know exactly when it's time to just throw in the towel. I'm here to make the argument today that quitting can also get you closer to your goal, your purpose, or the desires of your heart. Sometimes it's not about pushing forward. Sometimes the best thing for you to do is to just stop altogether. And that is what I want to discuss today. How do you know when it's time to quit? This topic of quitting comes up from time to time with my kids. They're at an age where they're trying different sports and different hobbies. And it's really a time for them to explore, uh, discover new talent and figure out like what they like to do for the long run. And summer is an excellent time for them to try new things, right? There's summer camps. The the summer camps are weeks instead of months. So they can really just kind of jump in and try something. So right now for our kids, we have a few rules in place when it comes to trying new sports. For this first rule, Derek is really a stickler about it. The first rule is when you try a sport, you have to stick with it for a season. And you don't just have to stick with it. You have to try your very best. He takes this rule seriously because he is of the mind that the first year is for learning. We are not expecting you to, you know, necessarily do well. We are expecting you to learn the rules of the game, try out different positions, learn the, you know, people you're playing with. Uh, the schedule, the intensity of the game, and discover if you even like that. How do you? How well do you adjust to these things? So it's really about learning. And he really likes to have the kids do two years, commit to two years, because that first year is for learning. And then the second year is really giving you the opportunity to be more comfortable in your role, to get some confidence, to, you know, really try to figure out like, oh, I can do well in this game. It really doesn't start to click into until you get to the second year. That's his rationale. Sometimes it clicks before then. I mean, we're talking about my kids here. We also have another rule that you can't quit when you've had a bad day. It's easy to quit when things aren't going your way. 
But do you still want to quit if you're having a great day? Sometimes your desire to quit is tied to how well you're performing at the time. And given some time, your performance can change. It can get better. If you quit before you've made that turn or before you hit that curve and it really starts to click, you can miss out on being one of the best athletes to play a sport. My son was really good at wrestling, but he really loved football. And me and his dad really, really pushed him to do wrestling because he was so good at it. But at the end of the day, he didn't love it. So even when he won all his matches and he came in first place, he still did not want to play. He still wanted to play football. And so we had to get over our desires for what we wanted for him and listen to what he really wanted to do, which was play football. Okay, let's take this conversation up a level. Kids sports are one thing, but life is different, right? It's a little more consequential with life, right? Quitting uh, something at life can be complicated. It can be messy. There are a lot of feelings involved, as well as a lot of unintended consequences. Not only are you affected by the choice that you're making, you may also have to deal with others who are impacted by your choices. So it can be very hard to quit. Before we look at how you know it's time to quit something, let's talk a little bit about why we stay way too long. I I quickly wrote down a few reasons. It was like a rapid fire. How many reasons could I get down in like five minutes? And here's the list that I came up with. At the top of the list, as always, is fear. The fear of the unknown keeps a lot of people stuck. The next thing I wrote down is a fear of failure. Anytime you set out to do something, more than likely, it is your intention that it's going to be successful. Otherwise, why would you bother? Failing sucks. It's humbling. And it's hard to quit something after you invested so much time and so much effort into it. Which brings me to my next reason, sunk cost. This idea that you have to keep working at something because you've invested so much time, money, effort. You stick with a new hobby because you've already spent the money on the equipment. You stick with your Peloton because you spent thousands of dollars on it. You just keep investing in a failing business because you've already invested so much. When you pause to think about it, it really sounds counterintuitive and crazy, but people do it every day in relationships and businesses and hobbies and exercise routines that they no longer enjoy. There is that saying that you are throwing good money after bad, and these are all examples of sunk cost. The next reason is they're too comfortable. The thing that you do, you can do it with your eyes closed. You can do it with your eyes closed walking backwards. So what if it's boring? So what if it's not challenging? So what if it's so predictable? You know what to expect. And people like to say, it's the devil you know. And I don't know why people say that because I don't want to know the devil at all. But I digress. These people don't want to rock the boat because why? Why? They're already very comfortable where they are. My next reason is 
you don't want to disappoint someone. You feel this strong sense of obligation to someone and it's really hard to disappoint them. So you keep going. For some reason, it just seems easier to keep doing what you're doing and keep the peace. But how long is that sustainable, right? The last thing I wrote down was pride or ego. This could be a combination of not wanting to fail and also not wanting to look bad in front of your peers. It's not wanting to look bad in front of your social media followers. It's not wanting to look bad to your family. And it is all about the perception of success, the perception of doing well. Even if you're dying a little bit inside, you look good on the outside. And so you keep going because your ego won't allow you to stop. So going back to the purpose of this episode, how do you know when it's time to quit? Sometimes it's so glaringly clear and other times it's just not an easy decision. I have four telltale signs that it is time for you to give it up. Give up the ghost girl. The first thing that I wrote down is you've gone as far as you can, right? Be it a job or relationship, you have reached the ceiling of how far you can go. You require a lot more of this job, a lot more of this person, and they just can't deliver, right? They just can't give you what you need anymore. You've reached the point where you've gotten all that you can get out of this relationship, out of this job, out of this, you know, whatever it is. And you desire more and you're not getting it from this space. So you've gone as far as you can. Number two, you lose your joy. There is a lot of joy and satisfaction that was once derived from this situation that is no longer there. This is different than being burnt out or needing a temporary break or vacation or needing to take a little self-care. This is an ongoing, persistent feeling of not having joy doing this thing. And despite all of the rest, reflection, the changes you've implemented um, to make it easier. Going back to the example with my kids, things can be going very well and you still can't tap into the joy that you once had doing this thing. The joy you had is gone. Number three, it is affecting your physical and mental health. Look, I know people are out here talking about you'll sleep when you die, grind, grind, grind. The grind don't stop. Look, any new venture that you do will require you to grind it out for a time, but this shouldn't be the norm. It shouldn't be 24 seven because this is not sustainable. You're not eating, you're not sleeping well, you're not taking time for yourself. And it could be that you need help, right? Or it could be that you need better time management. It could be that you need to say no more. But what if all of those options are not either available to you or they're not working? Is it worth continuing to do this thing if your 
physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health is suffering? Is it worth it? The final reason I wrote down is you're not aligned with the goal anymore. Sometimes you're meant to be on a path for a season and not a lifetime. The one thing that we can count on as humans in this life, living on this earth, is that things will change. You can start a project or a relationship as one person or feeling one way, and a year, a month, a 10 years can pass by and you will have evolved into a different person, a person who feels differently about that same exact goal. And it just doesn't sit right in your spirit the way it used to be. It's not intentional, right? We don't intentionally uh, go down a path with the intention of getting off. Sometimes you do and it's planned. Other times it's totally unplanned. But the point is people grow apart. Things change. People change. Goals are fixed, right? They're rigid. They are meant to be um, unchanged and you're meant to march towards that goal. Humans are not. We are not fixed or rigid. And while that goal still may be valid, the person pushing it forward may need to change, right? It doesn't have to be you. Maybe it's time for someone else to start pushing towards that goal. And that's okay. I do want to talk about one other reason to quit that you may be wondering. And if you're thinking it, yes, you can quit anything because you feel like it, right? Or because you want to. Those are very valid reasons to quit something. And sometimes that's enough. You don't have to go into any more detail about why you want to quit something. And maybe that's your explanation to other people when they ask. You don't owe them an explanation. But I will challenge you to think deeper about making decisions solely based on feelings, right? We said you quit because you felt like it, right? Well, what is driving that feeling? Feelings are valid, right? They must be acknowledged. They must be dissected. But the other thing about feelings is they can lead you down the wrong path. They can make you react in a way that is not appropriate. They can make you say things that you really don't mean. I mean, feelings can really just kind of get you in a bind. And that's because feelings aren't facts, right? They're not facts. And sometimes they need to be challenged and thought about. And it's important to get to the bottom of what's causing you to feel that way. Basing your reaction solely on feelings alone will have you stuck in harmful cycles. So be committed to figuring out what's behind your feelings. Because even if you don't need to explain them to anybody else, it's important that you yourself know so that you feel confident about the choice you're making. And you also know that you're not starting a pattern or running from something. So you need to be able to dissect those feelings for yourself. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits of quitting. Quitting can sometimes be the best thing you ever did, right? I think we all can think of a situation that we quit and we're like, whoo, Jesus, 
I'm so glad I quit that thing. I'm so glad I quit that person. Thank you, Lord. It can get you closer to what you're actually meant to be doing in this phase of your life. Quitting can give you clarity. It may not come immediately, but now you have the space and the opportunity to take time to become clear. Quitting can give you peace. Even if the thing that you're quitting is good, the weight and the stress of not having to carry it any longer can make you feel light and free, which is worth it sometimes. Quitting allows you to move forward. You are not stuck anymore and you're able to open yourself up to new possibilities, right? You're able to take a chance and go down a different road and explore new areas of your life. And finally, quitting gives you the opportunity to practice self-compassion. You get to put your thoughts, feelings, sanity ahead of the expectations of others. And even the expectations you place upon yourself. There might be a lot of chatter and a lot of thoughts about what you've done. And this space, being in this space, gives you the opportunity to stand on what you believe. And to also trust that God's got your back. And you can take this time to be kinder to yourself about your decision Know that you may feel emotional about it. It may be up, up and you may feel up and down about it, but grant yourself some compassion and give yourself some grace during this time. Only you know what's best for you. It's not always easy to go against what others want you to do or to follow the vision that only you can see. But quitting now puts you that much closer to success in the long run. All right, that's all I got. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.